in a world where every diet you know is wrong. Well, not every diet. I mean... Yes, but almost every doesn't sound as good. Yeah, but... Shut up. One man stands alone. Well, not completely. I mean... It's time for Adam Martin, the No Breakfast Guy. And let's talk fast. Fasting, fitness, and fat loss. What's going on, guys? And welcome back to a brand new episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I'm your host, Adam Martin, more commonly known as the No Breakfast Guy. And I hope you're doing what you love with the people that you love. And let's just jump straight into it. Well, I'm very pleased to have actually a live guest here. I'm not over Zoom or anything. So Vanessa is sitting in the same room as me at the moment. Um, and very happy to have her on the show this week and for her to, I guess, share her passions and what her business is all about. Um, Vanessa is a 32-year-old female from Melbourne and has basically been in the tech world for most of her career, but with some gut health issues and um, giving a low FODMAP diet a go, she kind of uh, realized that her health was much better off because of it and kind of started a company, and I guess that she will tell you much more about that company because I certainly don't know as much about it as she will. So Vanessa, welcome to the show and thanks for coming in. Thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, it's great to be here. So I guess I can tell you a little bit about my journey. So I actually started out um, my career as a lawyer and I did that for a year before realizing that that definitely was not for me. Um, I went into finance and I worked for a couple of years at Goldman Sachs before going into venture capital. And then most recently I've spent the last two and a half years um, as director of operations at a global startup. Um, so I've had a very diverse career with absolutely no connection to food. But throughout all of this time and even going back further, I've always had gut issues. And I'm not talking like serious gut issues, but I was just like perpetually bloated, like just like stomach aches or yeah, looking like I was six months pregnant. Like literally I was, I remember I was in, um, in Thailand with my friend and I was having like these healthy juices every day thinking that I was being really good and then doing the whole beach thing with my, my bucket and someone literally <laughs> came up to me and was like, I don't think you should be drinking while you're pregnant. Oh, Jesus. Like <laughs> it goes way, way back. But yep. the thing is I never knew what was causing it and I didn't even really know that it was an issue because it wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. And so, um, going back, I don't even know, like 10, even longer, more years, um, went to the doctor and I told them like, I'm always, I've always got a stomach ache, I'm always bloated. And she was like, oh, maybe you've got maybe you're a celiac and you've got your kind of gluten. So I got the blood test for that, came back fine. Um, got tested for lactose, that was okay. But she was like, I think it might be fructose. She was like, what about when you have like apples or when you have onion? And I was and like, I was one of those people that thought an apple a day will keep the doctor away. So I didn't want to believe her. I was like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. And then eventually she convinced me to get the, the hydrogen breath test. Um, so the way that that works is you, you spend a day like eating really bland food and then you go in and you drink this really gross liquid and then you sit there and for two hours um, this sort of beeper goes off every 15 minutes and you breathe into a bag and it measures the level of hydrogen in your breath and that's an indicator of how your body is breaking down the, the fructose. So it turns out I'm intolerant to fructose. Anyway, from there, I cut out fructose, which um, is in things like apples and other fruits and stuff. But I was still feeling sick, and I just thought, it's just me. Like, I, I just have to live with it. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm like the, the polar opposite of what you're meant to do with FODMAP diet. Like, the, the low FODMAP diet is meant to be like a three-step process of elimination, reintroduction, and then tailoring it for yourself. 
Um, I went the opposite direction. So I would eat something and then be like, oh, that makes me sick. I should stop eating that. Oh, and eat something else that makes me sick. Stop eating that. And um, this went on for years. And I think a lot of it was to do with the fact that the FODMAP diet wasn't really well known back then. Um, Cause this is like eight, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember one day and one of, one of my friends said, have you downloaded the Monash app? It's all about like the FODMAPs. And I was like, it's FODMAP. Anyway, um, downloaded the app and it was like this revelation, like, oh my God, like when I eat onion and garlic and wheat, that all makes me feel sick and that all has fructans in it. And then that was kind of the case for a bunch of different foods. And I was like, oh, okay. So there is like a pattern here. It's not just like me having a weird stomach. And then I kind of learned from there how to cut things out. But yet I don't advocate that approach. Like that took me years of feeling unnecessarily sick. Um, yeah, do it the proper way, which is going and seeing a dietitian, and then either going on the diet with them or there's amazing resources out there. Um, a really well-known um, dietitian who I actually work with called Chloe McLeod, she started um, the FODMAP challenge, which is like an online guide that talks you through how to actually go through each of the processes. And then it should take like two weeks for the main bit and then a bit longer for the rest, not 10 years like me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, obviously someone should go and see a dietitian, not kind of take our advice is kind of look that's what they said this is what i'm going to do but kind of give a kind of a i guess an understanding of like if if someone is out there listening to this now and thinks hey i had those same kind of reactions what's the kind of step by step that you should go through and kind of okay see a dietitian and what can they kind of expect that's going to kind of happen and kind of be fed back to them of like okay your first two weeks are going to look like like what what would that look like for someone so first you'd want to identify like common symptoms that you have like maybe you you have a big bowl of pasta um, and you feel kind of bloated and sick afterwards or you eat like onion, raw onion, um, you feel sick after that. And so you might identify a pattern of sort of feeling bloated and having stomach aches and it goes away, something like that. Um, the purpose of seeing a dietitian is to rule out more serious things, um, which I'm, I'm not a dietitian, so I won't try to <laughs> identify them, but that's sort of the main purpose because it might not be FODMAPs and either even if FODMAPs are, um, even if FODMAPs don't agree with you, there might be other causes um, to why you're feeling that way. So it, it's good to make sure you you pinpoint exactly what it is. Um, if you go on the low FODMAP diet, so the, the three-step process um, consists firstly of the elimination phase, and that's basically ridding your system of everything that has FODMAP in it. So you, you I mean, the Monash app's a really good way of doing that because you can sort of set it to anything that you're allowed to eat, which is like all the green traffic lights. So you'd eat that for a while until your body's completely rid of it. And then you'll eat like a little bit of one of the foods that has one of the FODMAPs in it. So you might eat um, two pieces of bread for a few days and see if you react to that, but you're keeping everything else at base level. And so if you react to that, then you know you're intolerant to, to fructans. Um, or you might eat like an apple every day or a little piece of apple every day. And if you react to that, you might be intolerant to actually that's also fructans, but there's fructose and things like yep. that. Or lactose is a common one. So you might have a little bit of milk and see how you react to that. And then once you have um, figured out what you're actually intolerant to, then there's the, the reintroduction phase. So that's the, that's the challenge phase. And then the third one is like the tailoring phase. And that's where you you build your diet back up with everything except for the stuff you're really intolerant to. And the purpose of that is um, you need to maintain the diversity of your gut flora. And you've probably talked about this in your podcast before, but it's um that's really really necessary for digestion 
And so a lot of people think that the low FODMAP diet is something that you stick to forever, but it's actually not. It's just about going through and identifying what you're intolerant to and then reintroducing everything else. That's a really interesting point because I, I certainly didn't know that. And I, I said this to my audience um, on Instagram, I think it was last week, and saying having you on was going to be, I think, a benefit not only to people who are listening to this podcast, but also to me because I'm not someone who has gut health issues. Um, I never have had any issues with it. That said, I had to have my gallbladder taken out. I mean, 2019? What year are we now? 2020? 20, yeah. Oh, it was 2018. So We're going to pretend 2020 yeah, didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> it just, just didn't happen. <laughs> um, and it was actually on my birthday I had to have it taken out. But I had suffered with issues with regards to what that was for three years. But being the typical male, I was like, eh, it's fine. It goes <laughs> away. Like, I, I eat something. And I... I did something very similar to kind of what you did, which again, I would also recommend not just go to the <laughs> doctor, but um, I just thought like every time I have like a pizza, I'm just keeling over with this yeah. pain. I'm like, maybe it's gluten. Maybe I should kind of worry about gluten. I'd just get rid of bread for a while. And I was like, I would have another attack and that it's still there kind of thing. And so I went through that kind of cycle as well. But kind of, as I said to what I was kind of leading into in that, I think having you on here and kind of talking about that, that's something I certainly didn't know about because I don't really, and I'm not a dietitian, I'm not someone who is in that space. And when I get questions about these things, I've got people that I say, look, go and DM this person because they're, they're going to know something far better than I am and give you more information on it. And um, kind of having you on, as I said, you've kind of had to go through this process firsthand. So I'm sure that you're much more advert, or versed in kind of being able to say kind of what these things are. And I certainly didn't know. I just thought it was elimination. Like, once you have this issue, get rid of it um, completely. And so that's obviously not the case. Yeah, no, it's actually really important that people don't do that. Firstly, going back, I'm very jealous of you not having any gut <laughs> issues. And sorry about your birthday. That's terrible. Yeah, it wasn't a fun time. That one, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's really important that people reintroduce um, reintroduce foods. Actually, one of the questions that um, that we received was, from someone who said they're on the first stage of the um, FODMAP, low FODMAP diet and they're feeling really tired. And often people do feel that way because they think they, they're used to a diet that's got a lot of FODMAP components in it. And so when they're told to go on the diet, they just cut out everything and then they're not getting the nutrients that their body needs. So it's really important that you not only um, continue to eat a range of foods that are low FODMAP, but also reintroduce ones that aren't going to be your trigger foods. And so there's certain foods then that are in a kind of higher level of FODMAPs that would then be okay for some people and then other parts of it aren't or or all of them always going to give people an issue usually? No, definitely not. Um, like for me, um, I'm totally fine with dairy. Um, so I drink heaps of milk, whereas some people can't go anywhere near milk. Mm -hmm. um, and then some people are fine with fructans, which is like the, the bread and the onions and things like that, but they can't have any fructose. Yeah, so right. usually people aren't intolerant to all of them. It's usually just a, a few of them. Um, the other thing is, so if you see like lists of low FODMAP foods or, or FOD, FOD bugs as an example, and I can talk about that more in a minute, um, those are the types of foods that you can always eat tons of um, without worrying at all. And that can form a really great base. But yeah, it's important to reintroduce things that you're okay with because you want to be eating as diverse a diet as you can. Absolutely. And so I guess this all kind of happened to you, then you kind of, okay, finally, I can start, you know, healing my gut and kind of feeling better and all those kinds of things that I guess you went through. So at what point then do you go, I'm going to start a company that makes a product? It's like, where did that kind of come from? So I'll go back um, one step. Um, 
when I sort of figured out what the low FODMAP diet was and I was like, oh my gosh, this is all makes sense. Um, and I actually cut everything out that I was intolerant to, my life like completely changed. Because the thing is when you've got gut issues, unless they're really, really bad, then you obviously want to do something about it pretty quickly. But mine fortunately weren't that bad. So I kind of just lived with it. But I was always complaining about having a stomach ache. I was always bloated. But um, the thing about FODMAPs is it's not an immediate reaction. It's usually trailing a little bit. And so it's not like you eat it and then you instantly feel sick. It might happen like a couple of hours later. So it's really hard to identify like what it feels like to be like rid of FODMAPs. Mm -hmm. And so when I cut everything out, I literally felt like a completely different person. Like my stomach was completely fine was sleeping better, I had tons more energy, my skin was better. And so that that sort of period of like cutting it out completely and realizing what it felt like was just a really big driver for me actually following it more strictly. Um, the low FODMAP diet is, it's amazing, but it's really hard to follow, especially when you're not at home. So when you're at home, you can cook for yourself, you control what you're eating, which is why I'm sure people are quite enjoying the, the Corona time. Um, <laughs> But yeah, when you when you have a busy lifestyle, um, like for me, I was traveling a lot for work. I'd be between meetings, um, things like that. I'd often get caught out with um, with nothing to eat. So you'd stop at a cafe and they'd only have bread, or or you'd go to a store and you'd look at the health bars and they've all got dates in them or honey and things like that. And like I'm terrible when I'm hungry. Like I'm just a hangry monster. So I like always have to carry my own food and. That's sort of, I guess, what gradually led me to starting FODBODS is I'd, I'd always pack my own food and then my bag would just be this giant thing because I'd have like popcorn and like a range of stuff. So I'm like, I need something that's more like condensed. So I started making like protein bars or health bars um, and I just always carry them with me. And eventually I was like, I'm sure I'm not the only one that experiences this. So I started doing a bit of customer research and speaking to other people that had FODMAP intolerance and asking them like, when does it bother you the most? And Pretty consistently, it was when they're away from home. So as I said, it's easy to manage when you're at home, but you might be out with your kids and suddenly you're hungry. Like, what do you do? Like, you're left with nothing to eat or you're left with something that's going to make you feel sick. And the thing about, um, like, gut issues is there's a ton of anxiety around them and it really holds people back from, like, living the life that they want. Like, I I used to experience a lot of anxiety about them. I still do a little bit. Like, if there's, like, a a group dinner and things like that and, you know, I'm going to have to order this special food or everyone's going to be looking at me or I'm going to annoy the waiter when I start (laughs) listing all the things I can't eat. So there's a lot of anxiety around it. And I really just wanted to empower people to enjoy life, knowing that they've always got something in their bag that like they can trust will make them feel good, give them energy and not make them sick. And so that's, I guess, what started FODBODS. And then, yeah, I started working on it. And I can tell you more about that as well. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting you bring up that point because I think I said in our communication over email and that my wife's sister has uh, issues with uh, FODMAP foods as well. And so she's more around the onions and the garlics and things like that. And so if we've ever gone out to dinner with her and her partner kind of thing, I can see it on her face. And then you get yeah. sometimes a reaction from the waiter like, here's another one of these people that just... Yeah. But I guess there's a lot of people these days that I guess do it even though they don't need to. And so I guess waiters and that kind of another gluten-free person like kind of thing or whatever it might be, this person actually needs to, like, it's not just yeah. that I just want to live a healthier life thinking that these foods are healthier in some way, shape or form. But I see that kind of anxiety on, on her face is like, Ugh, I don't want to have to ask. And does that stir fry not have onion in it? Can oh, you kind gosh, of, like, yeah. And all those kinds of things. So um, I 
I can see where your customer research kind of went pretty <laughs> very very quickly kind of thing and kind of I guess brought you to that point of I guess you're working full time at that point and you kind of like as I said I I find it fascinating when people just think I'm just gonna start making something and like <laughs> like were you a chef do you like baking like like where did that kind of come from and like where were you and what can you remember that moment it's like I'm gonna turn this into a real thing that I like can you remember that moment yeah, well, it's it's really funny that you said, like, people are following it to be healthy. I actually read this article the other day, and it was like, well, follow the low FODMAP diet and lose tons of weight. And it's so stupid because on the FODMAP diet, you can't eat a ton of vegetables. There's a whole lot of fruit you can't eat. But cheese, chocolate, like, everything that's fattening is <laughs> yeah. perfectly fine. And I eat a lot of that. Um, yeah, going to restaurants, like, it's it's getting better and, like, the waiter might come and you're like, oh, I can't have um, onion, garlic, and you look at the menu, honey, stuff like that. And they're like, FODMAP, and you're like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Like when I went to Japan, I literally took a screenshot um, of onions and garlics because there was the language barrier. Yeah, but at sure. restaurants, I'd hold it up and be like, no, kind of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so going back to why, when I started FODBOD, so I actually, um, when I was in venture capital, I started working with a lot of startups. And then um, most recently, I'm director of operations at a global startup. And I, I see sort of what it's like to go from that beginning stage of like idea to, to product and then sort of to go to market. So I guess that put me in a really fortunate position to kind of understand what the building blocks were from particularly an operational perspective, like the finance side, like registering a company. And as I started as a lawyer, I've got that legal side so I could do all the company documents and things like that. But I mean, that's kind of the easy part and you can outsource that. For me, the moment came, I think I was, I was at work and when you're in the role of director of operations, you're kind of, you ride all the ups and downs the same as the founders do, but you don't ultimately have direction over the, the company. And I just sort of, I had a few frustrations with things like that. And I was just like, maybe I should just start my own thing. And I, I always wanted to start something of my own, but I always thought it would be in tech. Um, definitely not in food. I have no, no connection to food other than eating it. Yes. And like, I'm known for being a compulsive snacker. Like I'm always eating. Like if you ask people that I've worked with, I'd have an entire drawer full of snacks. So it kind of does make sense in that respect. But yeah, I think just one day I was like, I think I'm going to do this. And then I told a few people and then once I kind of put it out in the universe, I'm like, oh, well, I better actually do it. Or <laughs> I'm going to look like this idiot that's just telling people I'm going to do it. So yeah, I guess the first steps that I took were, um, I thought of a name and I, and I spoke to a few people and, and I think one of the things I was going to call it, which is a terrible name was Braff bars because Braff means like confident and like cool in like a slang term somewhere. I can't remember. And then it had like the double F that I could have used for, for FODMAP. But anyway, okay, yep. glad I ended up doing FODBODs a lot better. <laughs> and to be honest, um, I wanted to do FODBOD, but then FODBOD's domain was available. So I'm like, amazing, stealing that one. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's sort of how it started from setting up the company. And then... Gosh, the the recipe side, that took months. Um, so on one side, I was kind of researching the feasibility of the product. Um, like, can I, will I be able to make it, manufacture it? Where will I get the packaging made? Um, or the legal requirements and things like that. And then on the other side, I was developing the recipe. And the thing about FODMAP is it's really, really complicated. And pretty much nothing is completely FODMAP free. And so... 
but the, to be, get under the threshold, you can have a tiny little bit, but it still has to remain under the threshold. And the other thing about FODMAPs is they're cumulative. So if you have two ingredients with a tiny bit of FODMAP, like individually, they'd be okay. But when you combine them, it can push you over the limit. So it was pretty tricky to come up with a recipe. I, I literally spent like hours and hours and hours in my kitchen. That was going to be my, my next question. Yeah. Like, are you just, is it going to a commercial place or sourcing it out? Or are you just there like, I'll throw this in and throw it like... <laughs> so for the recipe, it was me. Um, I had my rubber gloves on. I'm in the kitchen. Just like trial and error, tons of different recipes. But at the same time, I had like my Excel spreadsheet out. And I'm like calculating like how much FODMAP is in this one. Um a lot of, um, and then figuring out like what the macros would be like. Like I was very, very strict with the macros because even, I mean, outside of gut issues, like if you go to stores and believe me, I've read the ingredient lists of like thousands of bars. Um, a lot of them have a ton of sugar. Um, they, they say no added sugar, but then they're pumped full of dates, which for some reason doesn't count as a sugar. And so they've got 20 grams of sugar in one bar. Um, or they say, or there's no sugar in them, but they're full of, um, artificial sugars or sugar substitutes. So I really wanted the macros to be good so that they could appeal to a much broader market. Um, so they're, they're, they're pretty balanced. They've got like good amount of calories, um, not too much sugar, but some sugar, cause it's really important for bodies to have that. Um, they're pretty high in protein actually. So the big bars have almost like around 15 grams of protein and the small ones have around 10 grams and then natural fats as well, which comes from the nut butter. And then I thought I'd make it even more complicated for myself and make them vegan because (laughs) (laughs) there's people who are on the low FODMAP diet and they're vegan. I don't know how they do it. Like I don't eat many animal products, but like to be strictly vegan and and low FODMAP, yeah. like you kind of meat, you kind of cheese, you kind of eggs. It's just like I don't, I don't know how they do it. So I'm like, I've got to give something to them as well. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so that's literally how I started. It was um, in the kitchen making so so many recipes. Um, my poor husband, who was amazing through this process, would have tasted like every single batch, bar a few that were a disaster. But I was like, say, so were there a few that just like just <laughs> did not even come close to coming together, or kind of yeah. yeah. Like so they wouldn't bind or they'd taste too much like cacao powder, but like he'd get home from work and I'd be like, I've got more more for you to try and he'd try them and he was so good. Like he'd be really diligent about it. He'd like close his eyes and chew it and like give me honest feedback. Um, and then the good ones I would, I would take to work. I'd give to my friends and I'd make them fill out type form surveys. <laughs> like, <laughs> how do you think of the ingredients, the macros? Like, how much would you pay for this? Like, I did a, a lot, a lot of research. And it's something that I think people kind of forget to do a lot of the time is, um, is they just launch straight into the products and they know that they might like it and their family and friends might like it. And I, I mean, I did focus on family and friends, but I, I went broader than that. Because um, they, yeah. they can be kinder than most, aren't they, though? Definitely, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Even if they're trying to be honest, they're probably like, it's good. You yeah, know, yeah, like... <laughs> exactly. You want people that are going to give you harsh feedback. Yeah. And believe me, I got harsh feedback. Yeah. Like some of the people I work with. And, and also, I, I wanted to, to speak to people that weren't my immediate target market because I wanted to make sure that these bars would stack up against other things on the shelves, not just against FODMAP-friendly products. Because if you're on a low FODMAP diet, like you're looking for solutions. So yeah. it's a lot easier and I'm sure they would persevere through as not-so-tasty products. But yeah, okay. I needed FODBUDS to stand out on the shelf next to everything else. So I'd go out to people that were way outside my target market and get their feedback as well. Um, 
but yeah, that, that, it was a long process and I'm really glad I went through it. And then even going back, like I'd inadvertently been researching this for years because I would go to the health food store and look through the ingredients of every single bar trying to find something I could eat. And, um, yeah, so a lot of research, a lot of experimentation with the recipe. And then when I got the recipe right, I found an incredible manufacturer. Um, I'm really, really lucky to work with them. They're up in Queensland. And, and did it scale all right? Like, I mean, I've always heard that kind of when you kind of, I can make one, but when you put then a thousand times that ingredient in and make a big bulk, did it kind of scale up all right and kind of came together all right? Yeah, it's, it's a really good point that you made. It took a lot of iterations on my my recipe to get it right. And, it, and to the point where the manufacturer called me and she was like, Vanessa, it, we can't do it. Like, I'm sorry, but this recipe is never going to work. We cannot make it low FODMAP. Because um, they're used to working with dates and other things like that. And she was just like, it's not going to work. And then we just kept trying and like adjusting things a little bit. And finally, like we hit the nail on the head and I was like, Oh my God, this is actually the best thing I've ever tasted. Um, like I actually think it's better than all the bars that I've tasted. And obviously I'm a little bit biased, but <laughs> hopefully you'll agree when you There's a review them. coming. So just keep an eye out on that. <laughs> um, yeah. So no, it's a really good question because there were a lot of, um, there was a lot of trial and error even further with the manufacturer to get, to get the bar to where it is. And um, just keeping in line with all of the restrictions of FODMAP, making them vegan, making the macros good, everything like that. And stable that. on shelf as well. Is that another thing you have to kind of be... Like, how long is the kind of shelf life, I guess, for your product? So, we we say a year. It could potentially be longer, but um, the way that we look at it is the individual ingredients um, have a much longer shelf life. So, when you combine them, we limit it to a year just for to be safe, but... We can do shelf life testing to to figure out exactly how long it is. Um, I think the thing that people often don't realize is to keep it shelf life stable, you just can't introduce any water into the ingredients. So the manufacturer doesn't allow any water in the whole facility because that's what can impact the breakdown of the ingredients. Okay. And so what kind of time period is all of this? You've now finally got a product (laughs) that can be manufactured at scale. This company's happy with doing it. Kind of, what was that time period of you in your kitchen <laughs> to that kind of point? Was oh my god, we've got it. So it was a very crazy time. I started working on it. I think I registered the company in about February or March last year and started. I was doing a few things concurrently. So I was doing the recipe testing. I was doing the customer research. I was doing the setting up of the company, working on the packaging, like finding designers, like all of that kind of thing. Um, and also working crazy hours at my other job. So my I was working for a global company, or I still actually am um, part-time, but working for a global company, so managing different time zones. And then in, in July last year, while I'm still working on it, um, I actually went over to the UK with my husband for three months. So I was working on it, I was managing three different time zones, working remotely for my company, um, for, for Miyagi, which is the company I work for, and also um, still working on FODBODs over wow. there. So <laughs> my head was very, very busy. Um, anyway, I got back. So there was like all these deadlines approaching and I'd put my I'd put a deadline, a launch date um, of October 1st for them to come to market. And all these things started creeping up and like the packaging hadn't arrived and it got held up in customs because it was coming from China. And then... Um, the manufacturer, actually the manufacturer was good. They're all ready to go. But I like, I also built the website. So I used Shopify and I was like trying to refine that. And then I had to, actually, it was pretty funny. So any of my really early customers will probably find this 
interesting. But so what happened was um, I forgot a pretty integral part of the process. Um, oh, also, I, f- I forgot to mention, I had to get the BARS FODMAP certified, and that's a huge process in itself. Um, you have to send the samples off. They undergo two weeks of really strict testing. And like a couple of my samples failed that. Um, mm-hmm. So just to give you insight into how strict it is, like despite me working really carefully to keep it under the guidelines, um, they still didn't pass because um, they need to be really strict about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so all of this is going on. Um, I had my sister kind of going and collecting things for me, like the proofs for the menu, for the packaging, things like that, going and getting the bars, sent that to the, the testing place. Anyway, so I got back from London um, end of September, and it was launching like five days later. Anyway, um, so I'm all ready to go. I, I do the big announcement. The, they, they announced it on FODMAP Friendly that the, this new product had been certified and the, the website was up and running. And suddenly all these orders came through and I realized that the big thing that I'd forgotten to do was figure out how to ship them. <laughs> and um, I was, it was like 8 o'clock at night and I was actually at a work event and I'm like, I just kept getting these. So I, for anyone that has Shopify, you have like this little cha-ching sound every time you get an order. And my phone started going ching 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 And I was like, what the hell do I do? Like, what is going on? And um, I knew it was eight o'clock at night. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to post all of these? And um, I was driving home, like freaking out in my head. And I see this, I was like, oh, I'll stop at Officeworks and get some envelopes because that was still open. It's open till nine. And have this thing called like mailman where you can literally um you buy the prepaid envelopes and you and you pack them and then you you post them at these little automatic booths and so when for like the first week and a half i was literally like racing to office works and like shoving the the fod buds into these mailman envelopes and i'm really i like to write um handwritten letters to all of my customers which it takes time but i i, I think it I, I really, really value my customers. Like the fact that yeah. they're taking a chance on my product, I, it means a lot to me. So I, I write them all letters, but letters, like notes. Yes. <laughs> letters sounds a bit weird. <laughs> write them notes. But at this point, like I didn't have any of that set up. So I like bought this note paper from, from Officeworks. And like, yeah, it was a crazy first two weeks before I got that side figured out as That's well. Amazing. So, I mean, I guess you obviously, did you launch on October 1 then? That mm-hmm. you, you stuck to that? And so... Obviously, orders start coming through. Did you sort out like shipping eventually, kind of thing? Like, is that process and kind of what? What are we now? Like eight, nine months later, is it kind of thing? Yeah. Obviously, a global health pandemic has probably changed <laughs> things, and I'll ask you about that anyway. But kind of, how did it all kind of then? I guess October, November, December. How did that kind of then flow on from day one to kind of yeah, a couple of months in? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have sort of figured out <laughs> the shipping side. It's, it can always be better. Um, it's really hard because I care a lot about like the environment and waste and everything. So I was like trying to source sustainable packaging and things like that. Um, so I've got that sorted and I work, I use this amazing um, delivery company called Sendle and I actually knew them from when I was working venture capital because the fund that I worked at invested in Sendle and Sendle's awesome. They aggregate different couriers and it made it so much easier because they would literally pick it up from my front door and throughout this time like up until the end of last year I was still working full-time and crazy hours so I I needed that because I'd get home at the end of the day and pack all of the parcels and then have them at the front door at eight o'clock when the courier came so that made that process a lot easier um and then yeah it's just gradually grown from there I've had a lot of inbound inquiries from stockists and wanting to take them on and 
then when they sold out really quickly in health food stores, like more and more came or like customers would ask their health food stores if they can stock them. And then, yeah, I've just gradually built up this amazing list of customers and they're really engaged as well. Like they give me tons of feedback. They give me suggestions. Like it's, yeah, it, it's just gradually grown and I've refined a lot of the processes. There's still a huge way to go, but yeah, that's um been sort of a gradual process from there. I mean, it sounds amazing and kind of you've come a long way in kind of some challenging times and, you know, challenging things going on, you know, as you said, you got married late last year as well, wasn't it? So, I mean, I can't I was imagine... also planning a wedding. Yeah, I can't imagine how kind of hectic life was and, you know, yeah, to credit to yourself to kind of, you know, getting through it and kind of doing as you have and still making it work to not just like, you know what, shut it down, like, I can't be bothered with this, I'll try again another time. So, I mean, credit to you for kind of getting that done and so... I guess where you are now, um, kind of what's the, the hope for? Is it to kind of do this full time? You still want to work in a, a business as you are plus doing this? Like what's kind of the, I guess, the future? What's what's the hopes for it anyway? So, well, actually in, so end of last year, I was talking to my boss at work and um, and was talking about normal work stuff. And then he's like, oh, how's FODBUD's going? And I started talking about it and I was just like gushing. It was like I just met the love of my life. And he was like, Vanessa, I th- do you want to, do this more like I think this is like your passion and I was like I didn't even realize the words kind of just took came out of my mouth without control I was like yes I think I should I was like oh my gosh just said it and I'm like did I just quit my job by accident (laughs) um so anyway that happened and he he was really good about it he was like why don't you start by spending three days a week on FODBODs and then two days a week at Miyagi and then we can see how you go and so that's sort of what I've been doing for the past um oh my god I can't believe we're now <laughs> mid-June end of June um that's what I've been doing for the past six months is kind of doing both and I do I help other startups as well so I do a bit of mentoring um and it's really good because you I'm learning from other people with their companies I'm still learning at Miyagi and I sort of draw that all into to FODBODs as well I mean the goal is definitely to work on this full time and make this a really big global company. I mean my dream is for people to see FODBUDS and know that whatever it is like a range of food products is going to be healthy, convenient and just make them feel good because I think everyone deserves that and it, it sucks when you've got gut issues like they're so debilitating and no one wants to talk about it. They either are sick of hearing you talking about how sick you feel or they're like, oh, I don't want to hear about your gut issues. That's gross. Or they think you're exaggerating it and they're like, calm down. Like you've just got a sensitive tummy, big deal. So do I. Um, and so I just, I want people to be able to enjoy life without anxiety around what they're eating. And I'd also love to be a big part of the education because as I said, in the last few years, it's definitely increased. And now when you, you, you go to a restaurant, you tell someone I've got FODMAP intolerance, um, people start sometimes understanding what that is. There are even some restaurants that have sections on their menu that are a FODMAP. Or like oh, okay. where you see GF, the gluten-free, like some places have an, like an F for FODMAP. Like it's, the awareness is growing and it's just making life easier for everyone that, that has that intolerance. And so I'd really love to be a big part of that and create products that are yeah, not only FODMAP friendly, but also really healthy and really convenient. And the other thing I really want to do with the brand, sorry, I'm going on. But no, go for it, go for it. Is um, when, when you've got FODMAP intolerance, it's kind of what you were describing um, with your sister-in-law. Like it sucks when you're that person that has to order the special food or you're at the supermarket and you're reading ingredients and like you're, you're that person that kind of the same as everyone else. 
I really wanted to make FODBODs and I want all the products that I make in the future to be like attractive for everyone so that no one's eating the special food. So everyone, like the people that don't have FODMAP and Tollings are going to be jealous of what you're eating because yeah. it's just a great healthy brand and that's kind of what, it, what I want to achieve with it. Amazing. Well, um, kind of tell us, I mean, if you want to, you've got a couple of products obviously now and I share with the audience kind of what they are, but are you open to kind of saying what your hope to kind of have and kind of are there other flavors or other kind of versions of products be it like protein balls or whatever it might be kind of what's what's kind of let's say the next 12 months on your kind of mind where where does the next 12 months kind of take you sure so i'm always open to suggestions and ideas from people like tell me when when you struggle the most with with gut issues and that would be amazing i mean that not only hit not really excited to hear about your, your struggles but i mean what products you would like um so we've got four flavors at the moment of the bars, um, two of the big ones, two of the small ones. We have one more flavor coming out um, in about a month and a half, and it's going to be one of the big ones, and it's my favorite flavor so far. It's amazing. I can tell you what it is if you want. But, um, Absolutely. Give us a scoop. Yeah. <laughs> so, drum roll. It's um, banana and peanut butter, but oh, it yeah. like, actually tastes like you just put peanut butter on toast and then put a banana on top. Like, amazing. It's amazing. And what are the other flavors you've got at the moment? So, in the big bars, there's peanut butter and chocolate. There's lemon and coconut, which usually surprises people, um, including myself. I'm not usually a lemon person, but it tastes like lemon slice. Um, and then in the mini ones, there's raspberry and coconut and then um, mint chocolate. And again, I'm not a mint person, a mint chocolate person, but I love those ones. They're really good. Nice. Um, so those are the bars. I'm actually looking at like different products completely as well. So um, savory snacks, even, actually I won't go into too much detail, but like, yeah, a range of different foods um, so that people who have gut issues, people that want to eat like healthy food can sort of pull a product from a range of different things. Like you can just live off FODBOD's products if you want. <laughs> That'd be the dream. Absolutely. Well, amazing. I, I, I really, you know, thank you for sharing um, that story, as I said. And I shared this to you, and I've said this on the podcast before. I, the reason I started a podcast four years ago with a previous podcast I did, not this particular one, um, was just to talk to different people and kind of find out different stories because I'm just fascinated by humans just in general. I think we're incredible people and we're very diverse in kind of what we do. So I really appreciate you sharing that story. And I don't know if you've ever come across a podcast called How I Built That with Guy Ross. I Ros. love it. I'm like, I crave every week, every episode. I'm obsessed by him and I have i don't know how many times I've messaged him to say, you interview everyone, can I please interview you? Because I'd just love to kind of oh, have, that'd be he's so never good. replied, but he's obviously got a massive one. I understand that, that's fine. But I'll keep plugging away at him. He's yeah. going to probably get annoyed with me. All right, fine. I'll just go, that's my hope anyway. But he always asks a question right at the end of the one. And I, I, I haven't had many people on who have created a business. Actually, the other person I have had on was another person who created a, a bar as well. Um, she's in the States. Um, and asked her, and I'll, I'll ask you the kind of questions like, where you are now, obviously, you're still very early days, but kind of how much of where you are now kind of comes down to the hard work that you've been putting into and how much of it comes down to kind of the luck that you had on the way. Like, has there been a couple of like, oh my God, I'm so lucky that happened to kind of, you know, was, where do you find kind of, is it all, no, it's all been hard work. There's been no luck for me here or has there been a bit of kind of luck along the way? <laughs> it's funny you ask that. I've heard that question asked lots of times. <laughs> I've actually never thought of how I would answer it. Um, I guess it'd probably be about 50-50. And by luck, I don't mean like these random fortunate moments. I think it's like 
fortunate uh, sorry just I guess being in a really lucky position where opportunities have presented themselves and I've taken them um so I guess you could call that luck and things have kind of pieced together really well I get I'm yeah as you said it's so early in my journey I feel strange saying oh it's all from good luck um but yeah I mean I've definitely worked really hard the thing the difference with FODBODs though compared to other jobs that I've done is that it for the most part doesn't feel like work um I mean it's still early days and I'll be saying the same thing in years to come but I just really love it like I'm loving connecting with people learning about them similar to you like people are telling me what their journey has been like and hearing about how FODBODs have made a difference in their life like it it's just the best thing ever so yeah it's hard work but it doesn't feel like hard work and I've been presented with lots of fortunate opportunities whether you could call them luck or just being in the right place at the right time like yeah 50 50 I'd say would be the answer yeah I always kind of get a bit I guess defensive when I hear people say the kind of what's the kind of saying it's uh, you know find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life again I completely disagree with that mm-hmm. just in the wording is it find a job that you love and working every day just becomes easier like because you love it so much I I mean I love what I do but I work incredibly hard it's not yeah. like I don't work anymore just because I love what I do and I think it kind of goes back to that point what you're saying and you said it so clearly in that you love what you do you're very clearly very passionate about that I'm sure that comes across on um, kind of your words but those long days you are very open to kind of do because of what you love so much. And so, um, as I said, I hope that comes across on here because I can certainly feel it here that, you know, you're, you're very passionate about the product and kind of what you're providing, not only just as a product that anyone can enjoy, but just, I guess, for the specific demogra- um, demographic that you're going, um, going for. So, so yeah, again, thank you so much uh, for sharing that. Um, we did have a couple of um, questions that kind of came through on question boxes that you did and question boxes that I did. I think we've answered a lot of them kind of thing um but i'll kind of run through um how did you know i mean was i guess how did you know about um i guess your fodmap intolerance was it just again it was just that kind of cycle of you're always having gut issues and you kind of is that kind of where it kind of really yeah like gut issues that were usually following eating something or drinking something um and just like i said always being bloated and realizing that hey not everyone is always bloated (laughs) or like not being able to eat a huge pizza without feeling really sick um yeah it it was just a gradual thing and it took me a lot longer to realize than I hope other people will experience like I as I said don't don't do what I did um my I spent way way more time than I needed to feeling sick and (laughs) it was incredibly inefficient like just if you think you've got gut issues if you're feeling bloated if you're getting recurrent stomach aches um go go see your gp see a dietitian eliminate anything serious and then try the low fodmap diet like one in the statistics and i don't know how accurate they are but it's like one in five people have ibs and it's twice as common in women as than men and Monash, who, who developed the, the low FODMAP diet, found that 75% of those people benefit from the low FODMAP diet. So it's it's pretty huge. huge yeah. um, and for the other 25%, it, it might be other things like people, like if it's, it might be coffee or spicy food, 
Um, other things really impact your, your gut as well, like stress, um, being sick, all those kind of things. So going through those processes, but yeah, it's definitely worth getting treatment because like for me, it completely changed my life. So I'm sure it would do the same for a lot of people. Absolutely. Um, there's a question here and I, I probably should have asked this before. It's, are there more stockers coming in Sydney? But I guess to ask the question more broadly, like where can people find your product? Like where's the best place to go and get it? Sure. So um, they are in quite a few health food stores around particularly Melbourne. Um, and there are some more around Australia. I've actually just started working with um, a distributor in, in Victoria. So they're going to be a little bit broader um, and one in New South Wales and the ACT. So they're going to start hopefully appearing in health food stores around there um, and then hopefully broader in Australia and then New Zealand and then all over the world. Absolutely. And you can also order them like on a few online stores and then directly from our website, which is always nice. Then you get a handwritten note from me. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> just and, what you want. <laughs> it's not going to be a novel, guys. It's just a little... <laughs> um, but as I always say, like all of your details and I'll get obviously all of that off you after this. And um, yeah, if you need anything in the show notes, guys, that'll all be in there. And so if you want to kind of contact Vanessa directly, whether that be through her Instagram page or through her website or order the product, um, I have them which you can hear here. So guys, you know I always do reviews on my Instagram page, so Vanessa's been very kind to give me a few, and she's been uh, very kind to let me just have a completely honest review process of that, and so I don't know when that's coming, but it will be up as a podcast, a, a post on my Instagram page at some point soon. Um, look what else we got done. We talked about some new flavors coming. Um, we talked about, um, I guess, different products that are coming. Um, what's your favorite thing about FODBODs? I'm eating them. No, <laughs> no, I think, I mean, yes, I love eating them. How many would you, I mean, have you, is your house just stocked full to the roof of them? Like, have you, have you always got them kind of, I guess? Yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah. Like I've, I've probably got like five in my bag right now. Um, and I have, I have two for breakfast every morning. Well, I have my breakfast dessert, which is yeah. like two fun ones, two of the mini ones. And then I'll probably have one in the afternoon. I eat a lot of them. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I think my favorite thing is just my customers. Like, as I said, knowing that they're making a difference in someone's life is just the best, most rewarding thing ever. And occasionally my customers will send me a really nice email just telling me that or or I get a good review on the site and it, it means the world to me. So yeah, my customers. That's awesome. Um, we spoke about should be going to see a dietitian if you've got gut health problems as it is. Should you start at a dietitian or your GP? What would probably be, I guess, your um, recommendation there? Or both, just kind of get it. Yeah, it could be both. either, really. Um, a lot of the, the great dietitians will also do um, consultations over Skype as well. Like, mm -hmm. there's a really great one in Melbourne called Joanna Baker. She does um, a lot of Skype consultations or Chloe McLeod in Sydney. Um, and there are tons of others. Um, those two are just really specific on FODMAP. Um, but yeah, it's worth, you can, you can do it either or, um, the, the doctor might tell you, the GP might refer you to the dietitian yeah. anyway. So if you can circumvent that, then maybe go, straight, go straight to them. To them. Yeah. Um, how do you start an elimination diet? So, um, yeah, it, it's really just, that's where you cut out all of the FODMAP components. Um, and that's, I guess how you start it. You just cut them all out. Um, I mentioned Chloe McLeod. She has started this um, online program called the FODMAP Challenge. And so I can't remember how much it is, but that's a really um, guided way of doing it. And it will tell you like exactly what you can eat and then what to introduce. And it will ask you, how did your body react to that? So it's a really great way of doing it. Um, 
and yeah, it, it shouldn't take too long as well. Like ten, like a couple of weeks to do, do the elimination and reintroduction mm-hmm. phase before you can sort of identify the main the main trigger foods. Okay. Um. What else? Uh, is these food? Um. That's a probably good. What do you know? Precise. Like, kind of what's precisely in these foods that's actually causing the bloating. And actually, ask you another question. Do you know what FODMAP stands for? Oh no, <laughs> I can't pronounce it. Like fermented yeah. oligo. Oh, hang on. Fermento oligo dimonosaturides and polyols. You done very well because yeah, I, I brought it up <laughs> on here, and I'm just like, there's no way I'm going to even try and say those words. I'm glad you were able to kind of uh, say it even off the top of your head. So, but yeah, I mean, obviously, there's certain things in what you've just said there that interact with the gut that kind of cause that bloating. Is it? Is that kind of what? So what it is, they're, they're, sort of, they're carbohydrates that when most people eat them, they're digested normally. But if you've got intolerance to them, they travel all the way down your gut into your small intestines. And that's where like your gut bacteria actually digest them. And then they release hydrogen, which is why when you do the hydrogen breath test, it measures the hydrogen. And so that's what causes the, the gut issues, the bloating and things like that. So yeah, it's just the fact that your body, as opposed to other people's, doesn't digest them properly. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess if you imagine, if I'm trying to articulate it with my hands, but people can't see, <laughs> but most people's FODMAP intolerance might be like a really high bar. And so as you eat it, it's never going to hit that threshold unless you eat so, so much of it. Like if you ate like five raw onions or something, you'd probably hit your threshold. Yeah. But it also gets digested really quickly so that buildup gets broken down quickly. But if you've got FODMAP intolerance, that bar is really, really low and it doesn't the, the buildup doesn't go down as quickly either. So if you have a few... That's another thing for people to know. Um something called FODMAP stacking. So as I mentioned that FODMAP's accumulative, you might have five different foods that are actually okay for you, but if each one of them has a bit of FODMAP in it, then it builds up and then you can start feeling sick. Um, It was funny, I was thinking about coming and talking to you and like the fact that you advocate fasting and no breakfast. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I'm like a breakfast fiend. Like my favorite meal of the day, I dream about it. But yeah. (laughs) One of the things with FODMAP is fasting. There are mixed views. Like some people think, oh, fasting is good because it clears your stomach. But when you when you have FODMAP intolerance, if you if you fast, that you it, it sort of means that you have to eat large meals um, or a lot in a smaller period of time, and that can be actually detrimental to you if you've got FODMAP intolerance because it's like an onslaught of FODMAPs. Um, it's actually better for you to eat lots of sort of small meals throughout the day. So, yeah, that's um something to think about. With um yeah that's how how FODMAPs work. It's interesting you bring that up because when I was having issues with my gallbladder because it works very similar in that in that if I was just having meals every now and then the need to kind of use the gallbladder wasn't going to be anywhere near as much but because I tend to have one to two meals a day and if that happens to be fish and chips all of a sudden my body is just slammed with a whole oh, heap of high fat um kind of content and my body just went holy shit no I'm out and my gallbladder would just have an absolute kind of <laughs> fit kind of thing i can't deal with this kind of thing that's when i get these extreme bouts of pain whereas if days of like i might have had the same food but kind of had a smaller portion it wouldn't have affected me as much interesting yeah it's i spoke to leanne ward who's a fitness dietitian i think she's called she's up in um and she was on the podcast about a month or two ago and she said the exact same thing with regards to either having an allergy or an intolerance and people need to kind of understand the difference between yeah, that. Definitely. If you have an allergy, it's instant, like anaphylactic yeah. kind of issue. But with most people, it's an intolerance that 
you might actually have an intolerance, as you said, to FODMAP foods, but your level is so much higher that you never actually hit that, and so you actually never see the symptoms come on. So yeah, exactly. I guess, yeah, finding that out and kind of knowing that is obviously useful information too. Yeah, and, and another thing is a lot of people um, who would say I'm intolerant to gluten, because gluten's a lot more well-known, but actually it's like... I think one in a hundred people, I could be wrong, but one in a hundred people are actually celiac, but a lot of people follow the, the low gluten diet or the gluten free diet because they think that it causes gut issues. But a lot of them actually have FODMAP intolerance. Okay. Yep. Um, but the other thing is people are still, I think they, they correlate the two and they think, um, that note that gluten free is FODMAP free, but it's actually not at all. Like there are a lot of foods that are, um, that are gluten free that are very high in FODMAP. Like my mum is so terrible at it like she she's like literally i went over for my birthday like a couple of weeks ago and she was so proud that she'd cooked this gluten-free dinner and i was like okay thank you very much and she'd made these meatballs and i was like oh yum what's in them and she was like meat and um and rice and garlic powder and onion powder and i'm like oh <laughs> like there's a yeah there's a big difference a lot of people who who follow the gluten-free diet might actually have fodmap intolerance and glute but people that are actually celiac it's so much more serious yeah, so absolutely. much more serious so yeah there's a big difference between allergy and intolerance and then something like celiac absolutely um a couple more questions i think um I, you, I guess you just answered that there is how do you know if you're intolerant to gluten or FODMAP and they are two different things so I guess mm. again go and get that sourced out by a dietitian yeah definitely yeah. and I think if you are celiac it's probably a lot more serious and the other thing they test for celiac disease with a blood test as opposed to the hydrogen test and the and the elimination diet mm -hmm. so yeah your GP can look after that side of it um, I think this is a really important one as well. Is uh, I have been on a FODMAP diet for a week now and I'm feeling really fatigued. Is there any suggestions? Yeah, so that's what I was saying earlier. A lot of people, when they go on the low FODMAP diet, they're used to a, a diet that's really high in FODMAP. So when they're told you have to eliminate it, they're like, oh my God, I can't eat anything and I'll eat like just rice or something. Um, and that leaves your body often really fatigued because you're not getting um, the nutrients that your body needs. So if that's you, you should just eat tons of FODBUDS. Not kidding. <laughs> um, you should, you should, um, yeah, ha just eat a, a real range of foods that are low in FODMAP. So um, I actually did a post on this uh, last week, which was just a low FODMAP shopping list. And basically everything on that list should be fine for you to eat on the elimination phase because it's all really low in FODMAP. And you can continue using that list going forward, but obviously I reintroduce foods when you get to the next stage of the process. But yeah, you're probably feeling tired because you've cut out a, a range of foods that your body food, needs. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, I guess that's all the questions and kind of everything you had today. So again, really appreciate your time and kind of coming in here and sharing your journey and sharing your story. And I hope that maybe that you remember us when you are a global company <laughs> and uh, maybe in two or three years time when that's kind of uh, becoming much more a reality have you back on the show and see how that last two or three years have gone. So yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. And Excellent. Yeah, I hope that's a reality. Yeah. <laughs> um, I always ask every guest I have come in to do my quick fire five. So oh, if yeah. you don't mind indulging me with my uh, questions here. <laughs> um, super simple. Don't be nervous. Um, just the first thing that kind of comes to mind. Uh, beach or snow? Beach. Future or past? Future. One food for the rest of your life. I think I can almost know this. What would that be? Yeah. <laughs> or Perfect avocados. Response. Or I avocados. I love avocados. And they are, for some people, not okay in the FODMAP diet. So I'm lucky okay. that I can eat them. Perfect. Um, 
Family friend, famous, dead or alive, who would you like to have dinner with tonight? Oh, um, Jacinda Arden. Oh, New Zealand promise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's my idol. Um, now, everyone always goes and says that they would spend time with their family. You've done that. I want you to go super, super just in on you. Just be completely selfish. You've been told you've got 24 hours left on this planet. You can teleport. You can do whatever you want. What do you do for 24 hours that's for you? Oh, my God. Well, I'd... I'd... I, t- I can teleport myself. I would do that to a range of different places all around the world. Like, I'd go to Tokyo and to, to Italy and to, I mean, Japan and Italy and where else? Korea and, yeah, every, everywhere. Just travel. Yeah, travel, <laughs> travel, all in 24 hours, one hour in each city. Excellent. Well, um, that's been Vanessa from FODBODS, guys. Um, as I said, if you want any of her information, you want to contact her or you want to buy um, her product, all of the details will be in our show notes just down below. Um, do get on and give us a screenshot and tag us both in uh, on, your, uh, on your Instagram stories or wherever you might be uh, kind of sharing this out and kind of let us know if you enjoyed the um, episode. And of course, hit that five-star rating. Give us a quick little review there and let me uh, share my podcast to more and more people around the world. But that's been another episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast, guys. Hope you have a fantastic day and I'll speak to you next week. Bye.